tenuous link. You might be pleased to know that. Um, excellent. I'm on a little bit earlier than normal. We could be home early before we, before we, before we thought. Um, but I have a message for us. Um, I was actually due to speak last week, and I had to move it for various reasons to today. And it's quite interesting, actually, because what I'm speaking on is exactly the verse that Jossie mentioned in her worship um, at the beginning last week. So I don't know. It's just a coincidence in my eyes that God was doing that. It's setting me up for last week, maybe, but preparing people's hearts for this week, more likely. Um, I've got quite a lot of scripture involved today, which is a good thing, I know, and I will be reading through some. I've got various translations, various versions of the Bible, depending on the one that I thought would be the, the most appropriate for that verse. So I make no apologies for reading lots of scripture. Um, but if we could pop the PowerPoint up, if you have got it. The, God said to me just a, probably about a month or two, a couple of months ago, he just said, um, clean hands and a pure heart. And that was it, really. Um, and I've sort of been dwelling on that for the last few weeks, a couple of months maybe, um, just thinking, well, what? I better have a look at that verse then. I knew it was in the Bible somewhere, clean hands and a pure heart. So I had a look at that. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. Um, and I've just been milling it over and reading it and praying about it and reading different articles and different things about what people have said. I don't know how many of you have ever prepared a sort of a, a preach or a, a something like that. You can go off in so many different, you sort of dive into one area and it goes deeper there and I find myself going off track, I need to rein it back into what I'm um, actually focusing on. So I think I've, I've narrowed it down, um, just called it clean hands and a pure heart because that's what I felt God was saying to us. And the, the scripture says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does, who does, and does not swear deceitfully. Okay, so as I said, the more I thought about it, the more I started looking into it, I really felt that the, the first, probably the most important element of this was, was sort of how holy God is. Because it's, it's saying to me about you know, getting into God's presence. Who shall stand in his holy place? So I started really focusing on the holiness of God. And the more I sort of prayed about it, the more I was aware um, of A, the amount of scriptures that there were that pointed to how holy God was, and those of us that have been in that place as well, that it's like, wow, I can really feel God's presence as I'm actually preparing for this as well. And God's holiness was, has just become even more evident. So I was looking at what it means. The, the Hebrew word for holy is Kadesh, which means to be cut off, separate, or set apart. And it was speaking of how God is actually cut off. God is separate from sin. He cannot be where sin is. There is no sin where God is. And so God is holy. God is without any sin. God cannot be around sin. And there's loads of scriptures, and I've just chosen a few. Um, there are notes here that will be on the website. So if you want to, the scriptures, you can get on the website and all the, all the scriptures will be there. In Exodus, one that we know quite well, when Moses was at the burning bush and meeting with God and here I am, Moses replied, do not come any closer, the Lord, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. So just literally where he was, he wanted to get closer to where God was, where that bush was burning, and God, God was just saying, hold on, this is holy ground. There's a reverence of, of God where he was. In Leviticus, for I am the Lord your God, you must consecrate yourself and be holy, because I am holy. Do not defile yourselves, 
with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy, because I am holy. Okay, there's just a few more. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And another one. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And we were singing about the King this morning. The, the more we sort of talk about the King and God and Holy, I just wanted to get that sort of emphasis across the very first bit, looking at who shall ascend the hill of the God, who of the Lord, who can stand in his holy place. I just really wanted us to be reminded of who God is, his holiness, how he is King. And we, particularly those of us that have been Christians for a while, we can so easily slip into that little place where we're comfortable and we, we sort of perhaps take it, take it for granted sometimes. But when you read these scriptures and are reminded of how holy God is and how we need to be so um, in awe of his presence, we just need to, I thought it was really important that we just started by looking at that. And then Isaiah saying, sort of, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. We sort of recognize, don't we, how small we are and how insignificant we are in comparison to God. So it's just getting that perspective, it's getting that realisation of who God is and who we are. So then who can enter into God's presence? That's what I was asking myself. That's the question, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can get into his presence effectively? Who can go and meet with God? And as man, as people, as humans, we can't do that. Because as I established at the beginning, God is holy, he cannot be where sin is. He cannot be in that same presence. So we, as people, cannot enter into God's presence in ourselves, in ourselves, because we are full of sin. Um, we're born into sin in that sense. So the, the scripture says, anyone with clean hands and a pure heart. So again, that's made me thinking, what, what does that mean exactly? If, does that mean that if I have clean hands, does that mean if I do right, if I, if I try and I keep my hands out of trouble and people in society will probably think that I've got clean hands, you know, I've got um, my attitude is right, I do good things, my heart is a good heart, maybe that means that I should meet with God. Um, and as we go on, it will sort of become a bit clearer, I suppose, as to what the, answer, what the actual answer is. Um, but it's quite obvious, I think, to most of us here that actually we can't fulfill that. Um, we don't please God perfectly in, in, in every sense of the word. We, we fail, we muck up. And there's only one person that's ever lived a life that is, um, does take him into that presence of God, and that would be Jesus, obviously. Jesus lived a life without sin, so therefore he can get into God's presence. He can enter God's presence. Um, and Jesus died on the cross, so we can enter into God's presence. In Hebrews 9, verse 12, it says, With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place for one, once for all and secured our redemption forever. Okay, I just love that image of when Jesus was on that cross and in the temple, the curtain that was torn from top to bottom and before that moment, you know, getting into God's presence as it was was something that was not available to everybody. But the moment Jesus died and was resurrected from the cross, 
that meant that we are able to get into God's presence. We can enter into his holy place because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's free and it's available to every single one of us if we become Christians, if we receive Christ. So we can actually get into God's presence. And as I just touched on before, I think it's very comfortable, it's very easy for us to to find that um, after a while in particular, we just take it for granted. Um, Lots of times Brian will be other people will be on the stage and talk about how we can just be here we can just you know step into god's presence we could do it like that we can be out and about we can receive the holy spirit with us and it's fantastic it's absolutely amazing that's what it's all about we have god with us the whole time and we can enter into his presence we can receive the holy spirit the holy spirit can guide us in everything that we do everywhere we go and it's absolutely amazing but i'm sure we've all been there where we thought actually you know, we can perhaps be a little bit irreverent sometimes and find yourself praying, ca- well, not pray, you know, doing things just casually and um, perhaps we forget sometimes of who God really is. And I think that's what I'm hoping this morning that comes across, that we, we recognize that we can have that. We can be with God's presence the whole time. We can have God with us. But at the same time, we remember his holiness. We remember that actually we're stepping into the presence of God. We're stepping into the king's presence. And that is something that we should not take lightly. Um, and God wants us to have clean hands and a pure heart. Obviously, that's the first verse that, that's the first thing that God said to me when I was preparing this. Clean hands and a pure heart. It's like, okay, well, what is that then? So, does it, for me as a Christian, mean that if I, if I just try and do the right things and try and have the right heart, that that's what it's all about? Um, yeah, I haven't read that one. Hebrews, so Hebrews, we can enter God's presence because of the blood of Jesus. Um, God does want us to have clean hands and a pure heart. So it says in 1 Peter 1, 15, that just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. That's the verse that I read earlier from the Old Testament. So we are being instructed through the Bible that actually we should be aiming to be holy. We should be aiming to live lives that are holy lives. So there's this balance that I was trying to get my head around when preparing this, this balance between there's nothing I can do because I'm just a mere man and I can't get into God's presence. It's all because of Jesus. I have to have Jesus. It's Jesus within me. Fantastic. I can now enter into God's presence. Wonderful. And there's that balance on one side where at the same time God is telling us we've got to live lives where you do have clean hands and a pure heart. So it is all about Jesus and you can't do it without Jesus. But at the same time... It's all about you as well. God is wanting us to live a life that is such as this, holy, holy life, righteous living. In Romans, don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way that you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Okay, so he's asking us, is, it's about our lifestyle, isn't it? It's about the way that we live, making sure that we're We're doing things in a way that is pleasing to God and is what the Bible is asking us to do. Okay, just before I read that, actually, I'll just take that back. Um, I was was thinking last night, I wrapped this all up together and I was thinking, just hadn't quite got this final part of the the message that I was wanting to try and get across because as I've touched on a couple of times now, I recognise that we want to go away from here this morning and recognise the holiness of God. People perhaps particularly that are are newer to the faith or not even have a faith. It's about Jesus. That is the, the one massive thing that I want us to get from it today, that you need that relationship with Jesus. It's because of the cross. 
It's because of what Jesus did on the cross that gives us that relationship. Without Jesus, without that in your heart, you cannot have that personal relationship with God. So that is massive. And then I was thinking, but what, what is, there's something else that I feel like I should be trying to get across to people. And it is, I think it is the lifestyle. It's the lives that we live. That is the thing that God was trying to emphasize. It's like, he wants us to have these clean hands and this pure heart. It's about our hearts, isn't it? It's about, we try. One hand, it's not about our efforts, because we're into heaven anyway. But it's about actually our heart. And have we got the heart that God is after? He wants us to have pure hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart, it says in Matthew and so that is the other real sort of massive thing that I want to take away from. It's about our lives. We, he wants us to try. He wants us to run the race to, to win. It requires effort. It requires, you know, it's not just a stroll in the park. When I became a Christian, when we become a Christian, we don't just say, oh, fantastic, I'm a Christian now. I can carry on just doing the things that I was doing. I can live my life as I was, but I've got God now. There's my ticket into heaven. I can have a good life because I'm surrounded by lots of wonderful people. I can do the things that the Bible says, but effectively just keep going. And I think it's sometimes easy to, to just live like that and live in the world. And we live of the world. But the Bible says, be in the world, but not of it. He's calling us to be different. He's calling us to be salt and light in the world and to, to make sure our lives are actually stand out and make a difference in the things that we do and in the things that we say. I think that is my sort of other main point, really, that I just really wanted us to go away from today, remembering the holiness of God and how Jesus is everything, but at the same time, our lives. We've so got to look in, I guess, is what Steve was touching on there. It's the looking in. We look up at God, but we look in and we reflect on our own lives. And is my life honoring to God? Okay, that's what we were singing. The worship team were leading us in that song. I honor you in all I do. Are our lives honouring to God in every single aspect of our life? Because that's what he's calling us to do. And we, we muck up. That's the, the thing I've written down as well. Some, when you base it all on your, on your effort, then you can get condemned, can't you? Because it's like, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, and then you fail. And then you try again, and then you fail. And it's easy to either give up or just think, oh, there's, what's the point in doing this? But that's not, that's not the point. God wants our hearts he wants us to have the right heart, the right attitude. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't judge us for the things that we do wrong. He forgives us. We pick ourselves up and we go again because he's looking at our heart. Um, and the, so the final scripture is a big one, and I'm going to read it all because I think it's just massively important from Romans 6. That's not this one, is it? Oh, no, it's the next one. I went back. Romans 6, 1 to 23. So I'm just going to read through it all, and that will almost be it then. So, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by his glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Sorry? It's not working. If only I had a Bible on me, that would be handy, wouldn't it? 
I brought my Bible. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I think I've got one down there, actually. Romans. Oh, at least I found it quite quickly. That wasn't embarrassing. <laughs> Romans 6, 1 to 23. Right, where to get up to? New lives. Probably a different version as well. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body might sin, the body of sin, might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no, longer, no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So dead to sin. That's sort of the real key thing. It's our lives, isn't it? We're dead to sin. We're alive in Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin we have no dominion over so for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. I think the version that I was showing was talking about being slaves to righteousness. I thought that was a real key thing as well. It's about not you're, you're dead to sin. The habits that we've got that we muck up all the time, that we keep on slipping up, that we try and then we fail, and then we try and then we fail, and then we try and then we fail. It's no condemnation. Just It's about having our perspective about we're dead to that. We're alive in Christ. I want to be a slave to righteousness. I want to live my life. What are the things that are going wrong in my life that perhaps I repeatedly go wrong that I haven't quite got that grip of? Well, that's the thing that for this morning that I feel God's trying to say. He wants us to make sure that those bits are, are put right. Here's a holy God. We've got to be, we've got to not take it for granted. And we've not got to just comfortably get into his presence when we know actually there's things in our lives that need to be sorted. What then? Are we, are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one who, who you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I knew it was in there. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. Last few verses. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I just thought the whole thing, I was trying to pick out verses that I thought would cover it. I thought, actually, it's the whole, the whole package of that scripture. It's about our lives. And, and I'm just 
wrapping up here, it's, that's a nice shortish one. It's about making sure that we recognize that the God that we serve, the God that we love, the God that we can have that relationship is, is God. <laughs> he is holy. He cannot be where sin is. He is cut off from sin. We can enter into that presence. We can enter into God's presence because of Jesus. It's nothing to do with us. It's not our own efforts. We can't do it in our own efforts, but it's because of Jesus. But because we can get into God's presence, we've got to so recognize what presence we're in. And we've got to make sure that we're living our lives in a way that we are dead to sin and that we are alive. We are slaves to righteousness. We've got clean hands and a pure heart. Okay, we've got clean hands and a pure heart. And I think to, to finish, we have got a little bit of time, so I don't know whether we'll... Well, there's definitely ministry time anyway. There's, time, there's prayer ministry over here, which I'm on as well. So I'll come and happily pray for people. We've got prophetic encouragement. And we may perhaps have one more song. I don't know. But I think just an opportunity to finish, just for, I guess, for you to just assess where you're at. And is there anything out of all of what I've just said that strikes you, that touches your heart? And thinking, actually, I need to get that reverence of God's holiness. Maybe that is something that you need to be just dwelling on before we leave. Maybe there's things in your, in your lives that you're thinking, actually, I, do, I need to sort that. I need to get before God again and just make sure I am living my life in a way that God is pleased with. Okay, is my heart pure? Are there things in my heart that I need to forgive, that I need to forgive other people, that I need to ask for forgiveness from? And then go on from there. <laughs>